0: Praise the Lord, this is Evangelist Julius Adelemi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Today I will continue the series on our authority that God has given to us over death. The Father's Will is already written down in the scriptures. is this this series called The Father's Will. It is already written down in the scriptures. In the last broadcast I was talking about the manifestation of the sons of God which is part of what the Father's will has been. It's been written in the scriptures that there will be the manifestation of the sons of God. In the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 19, Apostle Paul mentioned that. Also, we see that in the last broadcast, I talk about the story of the patriarchs. How they they have a say when they are to die. We went to Genesis chapter 49. Talk about how Jacob, gave up the ghost. After he has talked to and blessed his children he simply just packed his feet on the bed and gave up the ghost and that gave us an inkling that God has said we have a sin when anybody dies it's probably when they are sins of the most high God they have to live their life long life it's what God promised with long life life satisfy him and show him my salvation of John chapter 6 Gospel of John chapter 6 the Lord Jesus Christ was talking in verse 39 and 40 he said This is the Father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day in verse 40 he said This is the will of him that sent me that everyone which see the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. That's the second time he said, I will raise him up at the last day. And on and on he said it again and again. So, what the Lord was telling us here is that even the believers that believe at that in that generation, though many of them may be crucified and persecuted and killed, he was not saying, he was not promising them that they will not die in their generation. But he said, I will raise them up at the last day. So the Lord said it in several places there that we raise the people up at the last day. So to make us to see that the Lord is the Lord of life. So but what are we trying to point out in this mm-hmm. that we have a say in the death of anybody that dies on this physical earth? Christ has, has delegated that authority to the saints or the most to the body of Christ, and we have a say in the death. If somebody. It's not persecuted and beheaded and killed for the faith of Christ. Sickness and disease and all those things shouldn't be the one that should be sending us to, to the grave. He said we have authority over all of those things. And He wanted us to exercise that authority. At the same time, He's bringing us to the sonship level where we know our right, the knowledge. adding to your faith, knowledge. And then exercising this authority over all these things so that we can subdue the earth. Because the manifestation of the source of God is to subdue the earth, and that shall also be part of what must be accomplished at this end time to manifest the source of God. And this, all these things have been prophesied in the scriptures over and over and over again, before even before Christ. In the book of Osea. Osea prophesied about how God has promised He will put an end to death. Hosea chapter thirteen. Verse 14. Many people may say this is just a Bible verse out of context. But when you look at how the prophets have been speaking, many times the Holy Ghost will just interject some words that you wonder that this word doesn't look to be in line with what they were talking all along before. Because the Holy Ghost was prophesying. And here is an example of them. He was talking about the iniquity of Ephraim and so on and so forth in verse t- chapter 13 of Useer. And he went to chapter let me read from chapter verse thirteen. Hosea chapter thirteen, verse thirteen says the sorrows of a travelling woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. Verse fourteen is what I'm going. Yes, this is God talking not to here. He said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from my eyes. Now, if sins have been written without the word grave, people have said, oh, he was talking about spiritual death, spiritual death, spiritual death. No, in verse 14 here, he's not talking about spiritual death. That's why he put grave there. Grave is talking about physical death. But God is prophesying. He said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues, O grave, I will be thy destruction. Now, you have to remember that this prophecy that God is giving here through Osea is prophesying a sign of what God will do in the end because he said God will call all the dead out of the grave also. That's what he means, I will be thy plague. And this plaguing grave means taking things out of that place or actually plaguing death and and the grave is be destroyed. That's what he's saying, I will be like plague, old death, I will be like destruction of all grave. So God is prophesying that at the end he is going to resurrect all the dead from the out of the graves also. Because that's what the Logic Christ was saying in John chapter five that we read. He said the hour is coming when all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, the voice of the Son of God, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation gospel of John chapter 5 and we read that in verse 20 20 28 and 29 Verse 28 and 29 Now that is that was prophesied that God will do that at the end and part of the fact that God has actually abolished death you may say I said abolished debt or it's good to abolish at the end look at what second Timothy said Everything that we are talking about is fulfilled in Christ. In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 10, Apostle John, Apostle Paul, who wrote that letter to Timothy, was telling us that this thing has been fulfilled in Christ. Here is John 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, where Christ where Paul said God has saved us from verse 9. He said, God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the war began. Talking about the Lord God has given all these things before the war began. But it is now made manifest. Just like I said, this thing was prophesied, even Daniel prophesied that this salvation that... God said I will show him my salvation Psalm ninety one verse sixteen. God said, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That salvation he said he will show him is promising he will show those that love him, that are fearing, him. even when Christ has not come, it was showing them by vision. But now the Messiah has come. That salvation that the angel Daniel the angel told Daniel that these are the things that they will be fulfilled in the seventy weeks, the ending of sins, the putting an end of sins, the reconciliation there is constantly men back to God and the everlasting righteousness Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 where the angel highlighted everything that will be accomplished in the 70 weeks which is the weeks talking about when the messiah will complete this thing everything was fulfilled by the messiah coming and bringing this salvation so that is the salvation that god was revealing to the prophets and like Pastor paul was saying here that now it is made manifest by the appearing of our savior jesus christ who has abolished death. Now, people say, well, what type of death is he talking about? Every death, physical and spiritual. He has abolished both physical and spiritual death. For humanity. But he say, well, why are they still dying? Let's first talk about spiritual death. Those who are being made alive spiritually have to come to Christ and believe and accept Him. Then they are apart from death unto life. What about the physical death? The same fate. It is still the same faith. Verily, very. I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. There's still going to be another level of faith that we have to anchor in unto Christ. It is everything is fulfilled in Christ. It's Him that is going to keep us alive, physically, never to die anymore. It is all in Christ Jesus, and that is what He is talking about. Christ has abolished death and has brought life. I'm back to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10. He say this is made manifest, that is, this salvation that God has been promised, promising through the prophets. We saw it in the Psalm 91 verse 16. We saw the angel prophesied to Daniel that this is the everlasting righteousness, the putting an end to sins, the reconciliation from iniquity that he mentioned. They are all Christ. He said, Christ now appearing, as Savior Jesus Christ appearing in verse 10, who has abolished death and has brought life, and immortality to light through the gospel. Now let's analyze that last verse. Christ has brought life. That's the one we say well that is eternal life. And immortality. What is immortality? Immortality is for mortal men, and people are called mortal men because people die physically. Not so. That's why we call them mortal men. But he said Christ has brought immortality to light. He has brought life and immortality to light. That is he has revealed it, expose it. If he revealed and expose it, that is bring it to light. We are now to possess it. We are to claim it. So we have to claim both the life that is called eternal life through Jesus Christ and claim the immortality that he also revealed through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to possess both the life. Eternal life, the spiritual life, and immortality, the physical life. So both of them has been revealed by Christ because He said, "Oh, He was talking about spiritual death when He said He has abolished death. Well, it's not just physical death because He say He brought life that will be the spiritual life. What about immortality? Well, that's physical life. He has brought both of them to light. He has reveal both of them." Through this gospel as we are preaching, so you look like you know, nobody seems to be able to believe for that immortality. At this end time, we, we have to believe for the immortality. Why? This is the end time. This is why he's saying it's opening us to be to have the knowledge of the Son of God. It's opening our, he's taking the veil out of our eyes gradually, so that we can begin to understand and believe and and stand our ground and understand the authority we have in Christ Jesus that we are actually seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above all principalities and powers as the scripture has said the will of the father has been written down in the scriptures is what the Lord told me in that vision the father's will is already written down in the scriptures it's just really on lifting the veil from our eyes so that we can understand it and believe it and know it and then stand our ground and exercise this authority as saints of the most high God now if you that is listening, you are not a believer, you better come and become a believer in Christ Jesus so that you can partake of this. As Apostle Peter said, he said, These precious promises have been given to us so that we can be a partaker of the divine nature. It is the divine nature we are describing here because for us to live and have immortality is a divine nature. For us to control all the elements on the earth is the divine nature. Christ demonstrated it as the Son of God and he said, he has given unto us as many as received him. He gave them the power to become sons of God. So he's making us. He's bringing this. He has given us this power. We are to walk with the Holy Ghost in us to become sons of God to have that divine nature permanent in us. So, as we are reading here, verse Second Timothy chapter one verse ten, really explaining it to us that Christ has abolished this death, physical and spiritual death. Because the next the next thing he said was that he has brought life, which life? Spiritual life or physical life? He abolished death, he brought life. So if he abolished physical death, he brought physical life. If he has abolished spiritual death, he has brought spiritual life. Now, so to clarify that, he's not just talking about spiritual life and spiritual death. He went for that, he said, he brought life and immortality to light. So then the life we are talking about there is both eternal life and the physical life. Immortality is talking about physical life because only mortal men need immortality. Mortal men means, human beings that die physically or not. So we know that Christ has abolished death. He has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. It has to still be preached. It's the good news. That's why I call the gospel, through the gospel, the good news. The good news is that Christ has abolished death. We have to come and claim it, though. He has brought life, eternal life, spiritual life, so that we are no more spiritually dead. And although He has brought immortality, that means we are not we are not to die physically also. So those are all the two things that He's saying Christ has brought through this gospel. We have to preach it until we, sons of God, come to the knowledge, full knowledge of the Son of God, and become a perfect man that can wield this authority. Or not praise the Lord. now go again to Gospel of John chapter 14. in Gospel of John chapter 14 the Lord continued to reveal this authority that he has given to mankind in verse 12 of Gospel of John chapter 14 this is when the Lord Jesus was talking to the disciples. In the last few hours, and the Lord said in verse 12, starting from verse 11, Christ was talking to the apostle after he told him that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He said, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Well, he was talking to the apostle because they were now trying to say, Choose this Father, choose this Father. And he said, if I have been so long time with you, have thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father dwelleth in me? He said, let me read verse 10 again to you. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? He said, don't you believe that? I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. You can read verse 9 where he said, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how says thou then show us the Father. Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Well that's a, that is not the topic of my of my sermon today, which is talking about the Godhead being everything is in Christ Jesus. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily but what I'm talking about is the authority has given to us when he delegated his power to the body to his body the church which is power over death and the rest of the authority now verse 11 of John chapter 14 said believe me that I am in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the very works sake that is the works that I am doing this miracle we are seeing it is the father that is doing it the father is in me doing all those miracles Verse 12 is where I am going. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever he shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So the Lord is speaking saying, He's delegating the authority to us, and whatever we ask, he will do it. He's going back to the position of the father. That's really what that means. Position of the father. Because in another place, he said, the father is greater than I. That is, this position is greater than the position I, when he was on not as a physical woman being, he said, that's a low position. He's going back to the position of the father where all things will be done for us, from the father. That's why he said, whatever you shall ask, I will do it. Who is going to do it? The father. I will do it. Same Father. That is saying, the Father is in me and is, and I am in the Father. Now in Luke chapter 10, the Lord also gave us this authority. Now you can say, well, what about here, verse 16. Before we go to Luke chapter 10, let's look John chapter 14, verse 16 here. Verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he seeth him not. Neither knoweth him but we ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now when you look at that verse 17 people thought well he's talking about another third person there. You see you have three people there. They think there are three persons in God as if there are three brothers that are walking together. No. One Lord. One faith, one baptism, one spirit. It is the same God that is in him. That's why the apostle Paul said in Christ dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the physical person they are looking as Jesus is the body. The spirit and soul is the Father in him. The spirit you see we human beings are body, soul and spirit also. Body, soul and spirit where the spirit is the real us our soul is like a cloth that our spirit wears that gives us all this consciousness and when we now enter into this body that gives this body life our body when human beings die they throw their bodies into the grave but the spirit and soul get out and go to where they are going so the spirit that is in Christ that was walking around in Galilee is God Almighty incarnated in that physical flesh? Incarnated in that physical flesh, but see, God is a spirit, He said. But He said, "With body, soul, and spirit." So the the spirit of God, which we call the Holy Spirit, is can be said that is the soul part of ourselves. That is like the soul part of Him because it is everything incarnated in Christ. He said, "The fullness of the of the spirit was given to Him, not by nature." god is a spirit but his soul is the only ghost that is that that is representing that is like representing of we that's why he created man in his own image we also have body soul and spirit you see we also have body soul and spirit but the our own soul and, and spirit gets out of the body in death and people are thrown into the dead body is thrown into the grave but the body the soul and spirit goes to paradise or to hell, that's why in hell they will be feeling everything they f- can feel, as if they are suffering or not, they will be feeling it, and that story was given by the story of the rich man that went to hell, he could feel all the torment because the soul was part of that spirit that was in that, that we feel all this well, the consciousness will still be in that man, because that is where the soul is so, he said, I will pray the father, and he shall give you another comforter huh, that he may abide with you now, that is the Part of God that we call this Holy Ghost that is being distributed into all of us. We are taking, we are getting it by measure. We are getting it by measure. You say God is a spirit, but His soul is the Holy Spirit, but He's giving it to us by measure. Part of God being given to the saints of God, but in Christ is the fullness of everything. That's why He said, if I don't go away, the Holy spirit, this Comforter cannot come, because the fullness of God is in Him bodily. Now. That will be all I will say about that, but that's just to explain to you why he said I will I will pray the Father and you give you another comforter. And that is exactly what it was fulfilled in the book in the in the Acts of the Apostles when the Holy Ghost was given to the church and now the Holy Ghost is in everybody that has been that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. So we have the Holy Ghost anointing by measure and is distributing his gifts, manifesting of his gifts through us. And in verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So, occasionally the Lord says, He will manifest Himself to us. So. And that's what he means by, I will come to you. Now, when you look again in that earlier verse, in verse, uh, verse 17, he said, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because He seeth Him neither knoweth Him but ye know Him for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you now you see they are only seeing the Lord Jesus Christ that is talking to them and they were saying show us the Father and he's saying the Father is in me and I'm in the Father why are you asking me to show you the Father that's what he said in verse 10 9 10, and 11 that we just read and he said believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me now he's saying I'm going to ask for the spirit of truth to come and be given to all of you and he went forward and he said you know him already because he is dwelling with you. They didn't see anybody other than Jesus Christ. And, and, but he said he is dwelling with you and he shall be in you. So I will not leave you comfortable. I will come to you. So it's the same, the, the encapsulation of the old Godhead was standing inside in front of them as Jesus Christ. They say you have to go away so that the space can be distributed to all of you, to the old Christian fold. That's why he said, it is expedient for me, for you, that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost cannot come to you. Well, let's read that. Look at that verse 28 again. Say, so ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye will rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Have you, actually, have you ever wondered about that Bible verse? I've wondered about it until the Lord explained it to me. Just think about it. He was telling them that he was going away and they are sorrowful that they are going to miss him also. But he was saying, if you, if you love me you will rejoice that I am going away. You see, because I say I am going unto the Father. Where if I if somebody if, if there are two different people and let's say you your father is, is somewhere in another another country and you are going back to your father, but he's saying you will rejoice because I say I'm going to the I he said but for my father is greater than I he's actually talking about the position. Because he has said earlier on that if you have seen me you have seen the father. So. And he also said the father is in me and I am in him. So now he's saying if you love me you will rejoice because I go unto because I say I go unto my father. Because the Father is greater than I. He said, my Father is greater than I. That is, that position is greater than the position of being a son in the physical body that is limited. So that is what he was telling us. And he said, you will rejoice because I go unto that position of the Father if you love him. And in another place he said, If I do not go away, the Holy Ghost cannot come. Also. So those are all the things I am trying to point out. this chapter. It, says, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Holy Ghost cannot come. That is in just in Gospel of John chapter 16, verse 7. From verse 6 it says, Because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Start from verse 5 says, But now I go my way to him that sent me none of you ask me whether that goes out. but because i have said these things unto you sorrow has filled your heart talking about this, so that they are all sad nevertheless i tell you the truth it is expedient for you that i go away for if i go not away the comforter will not come unto you but if i depart i will send him unto you so the lord was actually saying like i just explained As long as he was there physically as a human being, the fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily. That is, the Father, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, everything is in him, in Christ Jesus bodily. Body, soul and spirit, like I explained it. They say when he goes away, then he is back into the position of the Father and he is going to distribute the Spirit to all that believe in him. And that is what he said, it is expedient for you that I go away. If I go on the way, the only discomfort cannot come. But If I go away, I will send him unto you. So that is to explain to you that the Lord God has fullness of the Godhead bodily in Christ Jesus. But then with that authority and power, he gave us command the power to go ahead and do his work. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 we are going to wrap it up. Let me just read that verse. We continue this because I digress from telling us about the authority that we have in Christ over death, over all the things that are to be controlled upon the earth, to tell us why Christ is the Godhead fully encapsulated in that body called Jesus Christ. And he said it is the authority, all power in heaven and on earth is given unto him. Why? Because he is God Almighty manifested in the flesh. And when he now, you can now see why he has the authority to give us this power in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, that I wanted to read. This is the authority given to us. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. That's why I'm going to... Wrap it up today. We continue in the next broadcast so you can see that Christ has the power to give us that authority. Why? Because He is my God manifested in the flesh. All power in heaven and on earth, He said, is given unto Him. And He said, We should go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So that is why He has the authority to give us the power to give us this authority to go and act in His name. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to trade upon serpents and scorpions and about all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. This has been Gospel Distribution Ministry. Write to us and we shall send you some more explanation. Write to Gospel Distribution Box 71027 Phoenix, Arizona 85050 USA On the internet, visit our website at www.gospeldistribution.org gospeldistribution.org you can send us email from that website God bless you